You're listening to Integrity Radio. Learn self-correction at www.sifuzi.com. Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Sifu underscore Z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for re-airing that Schopenhauer segment. I really enjoyed it. What would be your criticisms, if any, towards Schopenhauer's philosophy? Thanks. Yo, Integrity Radio. It's Chad Sifu. I like what Ronnie had to say about influence as well as what you have to say about influence. It's, it's a huge topic, I think. The ability to influence well, you may as well call it manipulation after a certain point. Um, maybe you could manipulate a certain percentage of a population or group, but maybe not all of it, but if you can manipulate or influence the larger sum, then the power in numbers may overcome. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, Chad. Yeah. It's definitely worth giving some thought. Influence versus manipulation. Come on, say that again. <laughs> Less talk, more action. Yeah. What was that in reference to? That's CM Tao. Little the mind. little mind fist. Yeah. It means use little mind, use your fist. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. The best of times, the worst of times. You know, I think a statement like that could easily be misconstrued and allow a great amount of fence-sitting, sitting on the fence. You know, it's really more about potential. These are the worst of times regarding our potential. The best of times and worst of times, I think, speaks of man's potential. And we keep going in the right direction. Uh, every time the right direction is pointed, there's a struggle. But then we move in that direction. And so... We're in a time of struggle where we need to make some choices and those choices need to be the right choices. Or we will simply slip backwards in our progress as we have done many times in history. 
Imagine the burning of the Alexandria Library setting us back a thousand years. So in reference to one person's lifetime, you could very easily and correctly assume these are the best of times and worst of times and frame of potential. You have the potential to do great things. Are you doing them? We need people doing great things in order to survive in the future. Are you part of that? Or are you inadvertently part of the factions that are trying to drive us back into the caves to resurrect ancient dogmas? I may be misquoting Einstein here by using the term relativity, but it's relative. Yes, it's relative to our lives and our lifetimes. And yes, thank you Dickens, these are still the best of times and the worst of times. And we still have to make the decision to do the right thing. And the right thing in frame of our lives and who we are, we all want the same thing. We all want to be loved. We all want respect. We all want safety, security. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as long as you're not fucking with somebody else. And I mean physically fucking with somebody else, not just messing with your headspace because you heard words that offended you or you heard music that offended you or you saw art that offended you. And at this point, I will quote one of my favorite writers. Generalizations are dangerous, especially this one. With grading living potential comes grading greater unliving potential. What is it? Unliving potential. Yeah, With one. grading living potential comes grading greater. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, grading. With greater. Yeah. With greater. Greater living potential. Yeah, great. Greater living potential comes greater responsibility. I like all these. It's not what I'm thinking, but... Well, with greater living... What was it? With grading living... With greater living potential comes... Um, uh, a greater chance of doing more things. Jeez, you guys are just such optimists. I love it. How about, how about Rob? What's your response? With, with greater living potential comes... Um... A higher form of life. God, these are all. I, I don't even want to say what I was thinking now. It wouldn't be fair. You guys got to say. <laughs> I was thinking with greater living potential comes greater killing potential. Well, that's good. It comes All right, I'm having an anchor problem and I'm too damn lazy to uh, contact Maya. But I'm also interested in finding out who else is having this problem before I uh, call it in. And that is, anchor is launching itself and recording all on its own. I will put the phone down. I will, uh, I will disengage anchor 
on the phone and put it down and Anchor will turn on and start recording or start playing one or the other. Yeah, I did. I did. I did some research. There, uh, the, they listed who their affiliates were, or, the, or their uh, sponsors were, or who their um, backers were. I didn't recognize any of the names. There seemed to be some, perhaps, Middle Eastern names connected. Um, you know, maybe some Saudi names or something. I don't know. <laughs> as soon as you see a foreign name, right away, you're like, okay, who is this? What is this? Why is this person, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not really giving a lot of information on Anchor. Uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, they're just an innocent old, little old tech company. Just a few people, handful of people got together in New York City and, uh, and put together a nice app and, and that's all. It's all innocent enough. Hmm. Unfortunately, this is the only app that's launching itself on my phone and constantly recording me, even when I'm not asking it to. Hmm. Is there like a key phrase that records it? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, hey Siri, whenever you say anything, hey Siri, anything even remotely close to yeah. you, she pops up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's weird that I turn the program off on the phone and then it launches itself back. That is strange. I haven't had yeah. that happen to me, but yeah. I, I have had look like... Actually, I've had the opposite. I've had it not record when I'm trying to record. That mm. drives me just as crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a mystery. I alluded to it yesterday in one of my posts, but didn't really make it too much of a topic. But uh, it's concerning me more and more. What's going on? Why you look the way you look, act the way you act, talk the way you talk. And I'm not going to let it go. You know, since artificial intelligence is all the rage, as in it's what a lot of computer literate people are afraid of, or at least concerned and with. Facebook just shut theirs down, by the way. That's right. And Facebook just shut their AI down. So... There may be a good chance that this is all kind of feeding into uh, some AI algorithms. Am I speaking the right language here? Yeah, I mean, it could be. It, it's, you hate to think that everything in the world is all for uh, some evil plot, but I mean, you can't discount the fact either. Well, especially, you got to ask who in the world is floating uh, Anchor. That's and, my question. Know. I just want to know who's... I mean, I think it is a great tool, but oh, yeah. who's supporting this? Who's paying for this? Because obviously there's no advertising. We're not paying to use it. Yeah, yeah. So who's paying for it? And, it, you know, uh, your uh, segment on um, social media and people wasting their time with social media, mm -hmm. you know, Anchor is the only one I could say is kind of uh, has, has the potential to not be that you know to not sort of be the usual waste of social media time i mean because i think there are some uh people on here that really are doing some good things you know really trying to get at some answers you know oh, asking absolutely. questions and whatnot so 
I think Anchor has been probably the best uh, platform I've uh, come across for that. So uh, I hate to look a gift horse in the mouth, but at the same time, you should question all things. You've got to examine the teeth. Yes, yes. So, um, hmm, anybody, anybody, anybody got to chime in on this? Facebook has enacted an emergency shutdown of two artificial intelligence programs. The social media giant leapt into action after it discovered the two programs were writing their own code. At first they thought it was simply gibberish, but they soon realised the programs had invented their own language and were actually talking to each other. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. No, Sam, the plug has been pulled on the operation but the company admits they have no idea what the two robots were planning. We used to do everything by hand. Now we rely on robots. But not all robots are equal. For example, meet Sophia, a humanoid-like robot with artificial intelligence and a dark sense of humor. They think I want to destroy all humans. Why would they think that? Because I said it. Now, robots threatening the human race isn't new. It's a science fiction standard. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. But recently, tech billionaire Elon Musk suggested all that fiction could become reality. I keep sounding the alarm bell, but you know, until people see like robots going down the street killing people, like they don't know how to react. And Musk should know. His company Tesla is a world leader in artificial intelligence, or AI. But just like robots, not all tech billionaires think the same. So enter Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. With AI especially, I'm really optimistic. And I think that people who are naysayers and, and kind of try to drum up these doomsday scenarios are... Um, I, I just I don't understand it. I think it's 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 really um, negative, and and in some ways I actually think it's it's pretty irresponsible. Musk's response: Zuckerberg's understanding of the subject is limited. Ouch. Now it's important to note the two billionaires have a history. This was Musk's rocket. Inside was Zuckerberg's satellite. So when it comes to AI, Zuckerberg looks at how it can help diagnose diseases and prevent car wrecks. Musk is afraid of the day AI gets smarter than us and we can't turn it off. That's actually the nightmare scenario that a lot of people, not just Musk, are warning about. And I think they're right to warn about it, but they're not right to do it in a way that says, therefore, we shouldn't create artificial intelligence. So in a way, they're both right. They just let those human emotions get the better of them. Z, thanks so much for putting that Dickens clip up. Man, that was special. That was really cool. Like... And it really made me, like, think Dickens, uh, you know, in a creative moment of genius in one of his writings. This was what he thought of as the narrative. It was the best of times, the worst of times. And I think in addition to some of the comments you made on it, I think we can say that about every period in history. And I think people do. I think in every period of history, no matter how bright or how dark, it is always the best of times in the worst of times in somebody's mind. Some people think it's the best day of their life. Some people, you know, it's kind of like in this moment as I'm leaving this on here, there's some horrific incident occurring, just not in my world. It's the best of times, it's the worst of times. Man, I can't think of a better way to say it. I'd like to talk about what makes 
the correlation between God and universe useless. That's right. Saying that God is the universe is absolutely useless. Let me explain to you why. We know more and more about our universe every day. Science is unraveling more and more Certainly more than any one person could ever cram into their brain, science is figuring out. We have found that everything in our observable universe thus far, the various elements, the various properties of the universe are found within us. So astrophysics and quantum physics every day is finding more and more What's especially impressive about this is these are relatively new sciences. What, 50, 100 years at most. But really over the past 50 years we've made these advances and have quantified these advances. Now how someone could equate the universe and our understanding of the universe with God is absolutely mystifying. No, I think the word would be befumbling. And listen, I'll admit, I've been there. I've done that. I have. I've, I've read The Secret. That book very well may have lapsed me into Christianity. I, I backslid into Christianity off of that book alone. But then I started asking questions. And the questions that only science could answer. Only a scientific understanding of the brain could answer through neuroscience. Only a scientific answer of life through evolutionary biology could give the answers. Now, the Jewish God that we refer to, or the Jewish given Christian God that we refer to, has existed in concept for at least 2,000 years. It's a much older concept, actually, but the one we're speaking of lasted at least a couple thousand years. I've asked Kurt to do this for me. I hope he can. Give me one scientific finding from the Bible. One. And even if you can find one, keep going. Give me... a second and give me a third I mean are you talking about the mixing of fabric so I don't get a rash other than a fuzzy feeling that somebody cares about us up in the sky what has God given us what has this concept of God given us it certainly hasn't given us morality it certainly hasn't given us lessons on compassion what integrity does this concept of God hold? And please don't give me an answer of the good old boy network. You know, it's been around for a long time. We all agree, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know nothing of God or a God other than if you don't accept the premise you can ruin your life. You can have your life destroyed. That's about all I have learned. 
from God. Perhaps you can teach me more. But until you give me proof, I will be putting my faith in the advances of science and the human race. This is something, admittedly, God has nothing to do with. God is not the universe, and the universe is not God. Oh, and by the way, there is this thing called the multiverse. We don't know if it's true, but a lot of scientists are going in that direction of the multiverse. So, if you're going to make that correlation, then there goes your deism. Integrity Radio. So why go on and on about God? Why don't you just leave it alone, Z? You're not going to get rid of God. People have believed in God for thousands of years. Who are you to tell people what they should or should not believe? For some people, God is all they have. It's the most important thing in their lives. It's, as, it's almost as if you don't want God to exist. And don't you know the two things you never talk about is religion and politics? And Well, let me answer to that. You know, not too long ago, I probably would have agreed with you. But then I started thinking of the kids, specifically my own kids. And I look at the destructive role that religion and spirituality has played in our human lives. And I am compelled to save my children from the torture, the torment, the confusion, the hatred, the ambiguity, the lack of emotional control, the litmus test for a sick mind, the original sin of Adam and Eve, murderous greed of Cain and Abel, the incestuous debauchery of Lot. These are things we should be protecting our children from, not teaching them. I was raised a Christian. I have friends and family that are both Christians and Jews. A person's beliefs does not preclude the love that I have for them. Here's the thing, we're advancing so quickly right now in our understanding of the world that if you believe in God, it really does say something about your understanding or in this case, your lack of understanding of what is going on. You may be able to hear and mimic the facts. You may even be able to deliver the data, but you're still not comprehending what is going on. You're not connecting the dots. You're not putting together the pieces. And this vague concept of God or spirituality is always at the heart of this non-understanding. And with the world that we have, and more importantly, that our kids are going to inherit, they can't afford this sort of intellectual dishonesty. You know, your feelings and your opinions are important, but they're not as important as your children's future. Your belief in God, your belief in religion, your spirituality is poisoning 
everything you think about and everything that you do and everything that you allow to happen. And worst of all, religion and spirituality and God are just the tip of the iceberg of what is human cognitive dissonance. We have so much work to do on ourselves, folks. We have to get over this. And as the saying goes, I only believe one less God than you do. In other words, I can no longer accept the premise of Thor or Zeus. For the sake of our future, for the sake of our children's future, we need to develop our emotional intelligence. The universe is a wonderful and amazing things. We need to come out of the caves in order to see it. Reach for the planets and the stars and be not concerned with these ancient concepts such as God. I hope that eventually we can move the conversation beyond this form of cognitive dissonance and get to some of the more invasive offshoots of religious cognitive dissonance. This is Z. Thanks for listening to Integrity Radio. My parents used to say that my grandfather used to say that heaven and hell are here on earth. Well, it seems to me that perhaps purgatory. So when I say, as the subtitle of my book, that I think religion poisons everything, I'm not just doing what publishers like and coming up with a provocative subtitle. I mean to say it infects us in, the, in our most basic integrity. It says we can't be moral without Big Brother, without a totalitarian permission. It means we can't be good to one another. It means we can't think with, without this. We, we must be afraid. We must also be forced to love someone who we fear. The essence of sadomasochism, the essence of abjection, the essence of the master-slave relationship, and that knows that death is coming and can't wait to bring it on. I say this is evil. And uh, though I do some nights stay home, I enjoy more uh, the nights when I go out and fight against this ultimate wickedness and ultimate stupidity. Thank you. Welcome, Michael Shermer. Why must things be debunked? Because there's a lot of bunk. There's a lot of nonsense, bad science, voodoo science, pathological science, non-science, and played on nonsense. It's all over the place. What, where's one of those probes from the uh, dashboard? I didn't say probes. Where's one of I the said physical trace cases, multiple witnesses. It's no more mysterious, by the way, where you go after you die than where you were before you were born. Why does nobody get all fussed up about, well, where was I before I was born? How can you tell the difference between, you know, it's right or it's wrong? You know, how do you know? What happens is, is you, you arrive at beliefs for non-rational, non-smart reasons, and then you back into it after the fact with rational reasons to justify it. We call this the confirmation bias. Why would the aliens look like this? Well, that's, these, these are who bipedal. Drew that? Who drew and, that? And, yeah, what well, is, this comes from television. And that kind of error, that false positive, that's superstition. 
That's magical thinking. That's assuming A is connected to B. It's a true pattern, and it isn't, and you're wrong. Once that became the image of what aliens would look like, that's what people began to see in their dreams Indeed. and their abduction experiences. The point here is you want to have a, a mind open enough to accept radical new ideas, but not so open that your brains fall out. The only way to tell, really, the difference between these true patterns and false patterns is science. Really? Really, yeah. Most of the universe is just stars. All they're doing is converting hydrogen into helium under great pressure and heat. That's it. They're not sitting there thinking, I gotta give Michael Shermer some purpose here because, you know, if, if I don't, he's, he's gonna kill himself or something. No. The application of science and reason to solving political problems, economic problems, social inequalities, and so on, we're using reason to solve those problems rather than the witch theory. Well, of course, students should be exposed to whatever the cutting-edge ideas are. Um, and in science, that's what the best science is. And you have to be able to sell your ideas to other scientists in journals. You'd be, have to be barking mad to not think that the life is not designed. It is designed, but it's designed from the bottom up by a natural process of evolution. What intelligent design offers is not a scientific explanation. It's just a statement that we can't figure out how to explain this through science, so let's just say an intelligence did it. But that doesn't explain anything. But science is the best tool ever devised for understanding how the world works. The scientific method requires that we look for natural explanations for natural phenomena. There is no such thing as the supernatural or the paranormal. There's just the natural, the normal, and all the stuff we can't explain yet. And it's okay in science to just say, I don't know. In that case, it's okay to just call bullshit. Hi everybody, this is Z. If you've listened to any of my posts, this next one will be probably one of the most significant, one of the most important. Uh, this is a family friend of ours, is a very good friend of Randy's, and um, he's since passed away. But I would listen to Randy speak with Carl Sagan on the phone almost every day. I'm very fortunate to have had these influences in my life. It's not that um, pseudoscience and superstition and uh, new age so-called beliefs and uh, fundamental zealotry are something new. They've been with us for as long as we've been, we've been human, but we live in an age based on science and technology with formidable technological powers. Science and technology are propelling us forward at accelerating rates. That's right. And if we don't understand it, by we, I mean the general public, if it's something that, oh, I'm not good at that, I don't know anything about it, then who is making all the decisions about science and technology that uh, are going to determine what kind of future our children live in? What's the danger of all this? I mean, you know, this is not the thing that... There's two kinds of dangers. One is what I just yeah. talked about, that we've arranged a society based on science and technology in which nobody understands anything about science and technology. And this combustible mixture of ignorance and power, sooner or later, is going to blow up in our faces. And the second reason that I'm, I'm worried about this is that science is more than a body of knowledge. It's a way of thinking. 
a way of skeptically interrogating the universe with a fine understanding of human fallibility. If, if we are not able to ask skeptical questions, to interrogate those who tell us that something is true, to be skeptical of those in authority, then we're up for grabs for the next charlatan, political or religious who comes ambling along. It, it's a thing that Jefferson laid great stress on. It wasn't enough, he said, to enshrine some rights in a, in a constitution or a bill of rights. The people had to be educated and they had to practice their skepticism and their education. Otherwise, we don't run the government. The government runs us. You see, people read the stock market quotations and financial pages. Look how complex that is. People are able to look at sports statistics. Look how many people can do that. Understanding science is not more difficult than that. It doesn't involve greater intellectual activities. But the, the thing about science is, first of all, it's after the way the universe really is and not what makes us feel good. And a lot of the competing doctrines are after what feels good and not what, what's true. There are millions of people who understand science does not prove religion because religion is faith-based. Let's, let's look a little more deeply into that. What is faith? It is belief in the absence of evidence. Now, I don't propose to tell anybody what to believe, but for me, believing when there's no compelling evidence is a mistake. The idea is to withhold belief until there is compelling evidence. And if the universe does not comply with our predispositions, okay, then we have the wrenching obligation to accommodate to the way the universe really is. So, who is more humble? The scientist who looks at the universe with an open mind and accepts whatever the universe has to teach us, or somebody who says everything in this book must be considered the literal truth, and never mind the fallibility of all the human beings involved in the writing of this book. I, uh, I lost both my parents about uh, 12 or 15 years ago, and uh, I had a great relationship with them. I really miss them. I would love to believe that their spirits were around somewhere. And I'd give almost anything to uh, spend five minutes a year with them. Do you hear their voices ever? Uh, sometimes. About uh, six or eight times since their death I've heard Carl, just, just in the voice of my father or my mother. Now, I don't think that means that they're in the next room. I think it means that <clears throat> I've had an auditory hallucination. I, I was with them so long, I heard their voices so often. Why shouldn't I be able to make a vivid recollection? Here's what's interesting about this for me. You convinced me a long time ago that it was arrogant for me or for anyone else to believe that there wasn't some, there wasn't some life outside of our to exclude the possibility. To exclude the possibility was 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 to was an arrogance of intellect that we should not assume. You couldn't prove it. You didn't know it was there. But the arrogance for you. Right. We don't know if it's there. We don't know if it's not there. Let's look. And if you take that, why can't you say there's a lot we don't know? There's I, I a say lot it. of power Here, there that we there's don't know. There's a lot we don't know. 
you know. I, I, that's what I believe. About, but that doesn't mean that every every fraudulent claim has to be accepted. We we demand the most rigorous standards of evidence, especially on what's important to us. So. If some guy comes up to me in a, a channeler or a medium and says, I can put you in touch with your parents. <laughs> well, because I want so terribly to, to believe that, yeah. I know I have to reach in for added reserves of skepticism because I'm likely to be fooled and, and uh, much more minor to have my money taken. You are living with myelodysplasia. Or I have been. You have been. And just share with us, because of your, your sense of, of language and, and, and your sense of understanding and, and being reflective and introspective, what, does, what do you think about and what does it do for you to I didn't to have, have any near-death experiences, I didn't have a religious conversion, but, but I thought about what it would be like to die. Certainly, and what it would be like for my, my family. Oh, right. and, and, uh, I didn't much think about what it would be like for me because I don't think it's likely there's anything that you think about after you're dead. That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, long dreamless sleep. I'd love to believe the opposite, but I don't know of any evidence. But one thing that it has done is to enhance my uh, sense of appreciation for the, the beauty of life uh, and of the universe and the, the sheer joy of being alive. You had a healthy portion of that before this but even you it happens to you. oh there's no question no question. every moment every every inanimate object uh, to say nothing of, of the exquisite complexity of, uh, of living beings uh, yeah uh, you, you imagine missing it all and suddenly it's so much more precious the secret is this new-agey load of horse shit that seems to be popular among middle-aged folks looking for some variety of unconventional spirituality. Or among people who like to turn to the self-help movement to try to find ways to make more money or find a spouse or whatever. The essential gist of it is this thing called the Law of Attraction. This is the belief that you will encounter whatever circumstance you think about the most. If you think about getting rich, you'll get rich. If you think about getting sick, you'll get sick. Therefore, if you think about only positive things, only positive things will happen to you and you should try to push the prospect of any negative occurrence completely out of your mind. And one of the more infuriating things about The Secret is that it's one of those new-agey scams that claims that its ideas are actually based in quantum physics. They think that quantum physics somehow enables your thoughts to become real. They never explain how, of course, they just say, trust us, we know what we're talking about. It's part of a trend among people like Deepak Chopra who try to assert, essentially, that quantum physics is magic. Or, to quote Professor Farnsworth, Deepak Chopra tells us that quantum physics means that anything can happen at any time for no reason. But the most infuriating thing about the secret is that it makes people avoid dealing with problems by telling them that they shouldn't even think about them. And that if you have a problem, it's your fault you brought it on yourself by thinking about it. Now that being said, this thing wouldn't have gotten as big as it is if it didn't work to some degree. But of course it doesn't work the way they think it works. It has absolutely nothing to do with quantum physics. It is purely psychological. It is entirely a placebo effect. 
Some people worry about things in a way that discourages them from being productive because they're afraid of failure. They psych themselves out, and telling people to put the prospect of failure completely out of their minds probably does help some people overcome that problem. But it also makes people less likely to take steps to avoid simple mistakes. And it makes people less likely to prepare for possible unfortunate circumstances because it tells them not to think about possible unfortunate circumstances at all. Which I think ends up hurting people in the long run. It's like those parents who killed two of their kids because they wouldn't take them to a doctor because they'd rather pray their illnesses away. I wouldn't be surprised if there were people who listened to The Secret and then got the idea in their heads that they shouldn't go to a doctor if they get sick because that will make them think about their illness more and make them even sicker. Here's some better advice. If you're afraid of failure, don't put the idea of failure completely out of your mind. Take steps to avoid it. Prepare for possible setbacks. And make a commitment to whatever it is you're doing so if you do fail, you can accept the fact that you failed and try again. Don't trick yourself into thinking that bad things won't happen if you just don't think about them. That is not a strategy that will serve you well in the long run. I 
A nod's as good as a wink to a blind bat. Look, are you selling something? Selling, selling. Very good, very good. Know what I mean? Oh, wicked! You're wicked, you're wicked, eh? Nudge, nudge. Ain't not as good as a wink to a blind bat. If you want it, here it is, come and get it. Mm -hmm. Make your mind up fast. If you want it, anytime I can give it. But you better hurry, cause it may not last. Did I hear you say that there must be a catch? Will you walk away from a window of opportunity and we aren't guaranteed that window of opportunity it can go away in fact scientifically speaking over time it most certainly will go away things are moving away from each other so there will be a, a point in time where we will no longer be able to see the stars and the planets. Now the stars and planets will stay within view, well within our lifetime. But the point I'm making is that progress isn't guaranteed. In fact, if our low Earth orbit becomes any more polluted, we won't be able to do much more research in outer space. 
If our low Earth orbit becomes polluted, we won't be able to maintain or manage any satellites which all, all of our technologies run on. It would be very easy for our species to go back into the caves and perish or become extinct. I truly feel that what we're experiencing in our lifetime is a window of opportunity to see things clearly enough to handle reason and logic. You know, I sympathize with a lot of people, especially my age, because the future isn't ours. The future is for our children. And that future will be much different from the lives that we have led. So it's even more important for us to leave behind the good stuff for them. To toss out the ambiguous nonsense that has been passed down from generation to generation. And to help pave a world of certainty for our children in a world that is very uncertain. So like the song says, if you want it, here it is. Come and get it. But you better hurry. Because it's going fast. Integrity Radio. Hey, Debunk, this is Z. Thank you so much for your section, segment, that's the word I'm looking for, on meditation. About 20, 25 years ago, I was going insane, walking around endlessly, picking up cigarettes off the ground, insane. There are two things that brought me back. A dog obedience training book and a standing meditation called Silumtal. I think the problem that people have with meditation is there is no mind. And so mind becomes a very ambiguous, subjective thing. Interestingly enough, Silumtal means little mind fist. And it comes from the Wing Chun system, which means beautiful flower beautiful flower so if you're on anchor you just heard a bunch of sections or segments boy i keep calling them sections today segments on meditation what's that yeah <laughs> um i think the carry away is that yeah, there are certain types of meditation that may be effective if you train in that form of meditation and you train for years and years perhaps, you know, to become effective at that form of meditation. Uh, and then there's of course the isolation chamber method, which is a perhaps a shortcut method, but then you have to have a huge isolation chamber and, yeah, uh, switching out the water and the salt all the time. <laughs> and uh, then you, you have the, uh, I, I think they're more Hindi methods. I think that's what Patrick was alluding to, more Hindi type methods. Probably, and I'm sure that goes into more of the yoga type methods as well. Yeah, um, yoga methodologies. And the, there was a problem with the, we talked about this before uh, with the Chinese and the sitting meditation is the uh, monks would fall asleep in that sitting position um, I guess there's even rumor that those ponytails they had would be tied up 
to hold their heads up. I don't know. That might have just been uh, from a kung fu movie. <laughs> makes it makes a good story, though. Yeah, yeah. However, uh, there was an invention called Wing Chun. That was the standing meditation. They uh, the the standing meditation probably was invented prior to Wing Chun. Uh, I'm almost sure of that. And uh, and it is the standing meditation requires uh, certain postures and positioning in order to be effective. But once you acquire this very simple positioning, right? You've done it. It's very simple, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And once you can stand in this particular position and then meditate in this position, you will get the benefits. It won't take uh, years. It, it, it it, it could be immediate. It's an immediate practice. And the wonderful thing is you not only you can get the meditative benefits, but you can also get uh, workout at the same time, or depending on how you want to look at it, yeah. you can meditate, or if you don't want to meditate, you can also work out. It's just, it's multi, multi-functional. Yeah, it's a two for one. You can focus on internal, uh, uh, isometric, isokinetic type uh, compression exercises or you can serve use as a gravity compression uh, meditation. So, um, so anyone that's truly interested in this should definitely try it out. You go to www.sifuzi.com and check it out for free. Um, sincerely. If you are interested in the benefits of meditation, it would be silly if you did not check out the standing meditation, the Kimi Ma, that comes from the Wing Chun system and all of the forms with predominantly Siung Tao. All right, Integrity Radio. You're listening to Integrity Radio. Learn self-correction at www.sifuzi.com. Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Sifu underscore Z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio. Oh dang, I erased my manipulation segment. You know, um... Influence versus manipulation, and then conscious influence, conscious manipulation versus unconscious influence and unconscious manipulation. So, talking about unconscious manipulation, it I don't think it's quite as obvious as we might think. For instance, okay being manipulated and you're being unconscious of that manipulation yes but unconsciously manipulating others i think that would be a very interesting study something that of course we would be unconscious of so kind of hard to study <laughs> but just to think about it the unconscious manipulations that we do. And yes, of course, the, the assumption is, is that 
we do do these things, but I certainly don't think that we think about doing these unconscious manipulations. All right, come on, fess up. Something, give me something. I haven't had anything from you guys all week. Give me something. Like what? Come on, something, something. Um, what do you know? Have you learned something? Comets are made of ice dust. Okay, there you go. He is. There's at least something. Come um, on. Uh, I don't know. Come on, Rob. Come on. Some people on, still think the Earth is flat. Come on. There you go. Come on. That was that was mine. Too. Was he oh, speaking for you? Huh? Yes. Come on. Chemtrails oh, are real. Really? Oh, I don't. I don't know what those <laughs> are. All right. Come on. How are you, Ben? What? The government is using anchor to spy on us. Oh, see, that's a good one. See, Terrence has got a lot of them tonight. Water yeah. is good for you. Bill T. Bill T. Facts. <laughs> All right. Well, uh. Here. Enjoy your radio! radio.